1: Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right.
2: Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let
1: me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post, and bam, five sites to buy it from right here.
2: Shut up! How did you- You shut it. Mom's coming. Cute outfit. Get me one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Circle it, find it, with the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Upgrade now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals.
1: It's time for the Newsmax Daily, from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson.
3: Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Tuesday, and there is much to talk about. Today we're going to have two guests on, actually. One, a cybersecurity expert to talk about the hack... ...of a pipeline on the East Coast, which is going to cause gas prices to uh, go up even further. Other than, I mean, Joe dyden's policies, which include uh, getting rid of the Keystone XL pipeline, mandating all federal vehicles go electric, even though his big gas-sucking SUV isn't available as an electric vehicle right now. And neither are some other electric vehicles in the government fleet, like dump trucks. You know, things like that. They're, they're not electric. Not electric. So um, we're going to get to that. Today's show is called Welcome Back, Carter. Now, I was a little boy when uh, Jimmy Carter was a president, he was a one-term president, and when he left office, interest rates for your house, you know what interest rates are now? About 3 4%, if you're lucky on a 30-year, you can get in there, and they're going to go up because, uh, you know, inflation's going up, and uh, Janet Yellen's going to have to uh, slow down the economy, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, um, and that's what they do. They, here's what the Fed does when you're a Democrat. They raise and lower interest rates when they pump money into the markets from the Fed. That's the only thing they have in their quiver, other than... Uh, government work like infrastructure which you know now is only 10 percent of massive spending bills the rest goes to left-wing socialistic programs so the gas lines are back in north carolina just like jimmy carter and there are some other amazing parallels to the carter administration but interest rates on a home mortgage were like 20 percent when jimmy carter left office there were gas lines there was a gas shortage i remember this because my father worked in the petroleum industry and he said rob our tanks are full. Our tanks are full at uh, where I work. We are told not to release the fuel. Uh, there is also uh, the fact that the OPEC used to do this thing where they just turn off the tap. They just turn off the tap every once in a while. Uh, Donald Trump made us energy independent. Joe Biden came up with a war on fossil fuel and got rid of the uh, Keystone XL pipeline. All of those workers do not have new jobs and have not been retrained. They are out of work. They lost perfectly good jobs. And now we have a hack from Russia, which is an act of war, according to Newt Gingrich and others, an act of war. And then when you combine that with China and the Chinese virus, the Wuhan virus, we've had war declared on us already. We have, guys. Right now, we are being attacked. We had one of the biggest... The biggest biological attack in the history of the world on us last year and the rest of the world, by the way. And I'll get into that very shortly and how Anthony Fauci helped fund the Wuhan lab. The research into development of the coronavirus. So all of that is coming. It's just so much coming up. It's just so much coming up. But let's start with the uh, president of the United States. Now, people don't want to go back to work. It is very obvious that people don't want to go back to work because an extra $300 a week in federal benefits are coming your way if you get unemployment. Now, I had mentioned yesterday, my sister manages a JCPenney, and they shut down because of Corona, and she went on unemployment for the very first time in her entire career, 30-year career, and she got <laughs> altogether forty-eight grand a year was the total salary. Forty-eight thousand dollars a year to not work, and if you if you went on food stamps, in some states you can get like for a family of four, six hundred seven hundred dollars a month for food. And I don't know about you, but I don't spend seven hundred dollars a month on food. I got three kids in my house, or three three people in my house. I don't spend that. That's let's live in large seven hundred dollars for groceries. That's pretty amazing. All right, but uh, stay at home Americans are uh, just living large if they want to. Portia Robinson said it's disheartening. Employers in Michigan are calling. Her social services group looking for recruits to fill jobs, but she adds federal assistance payments are contributing to depressed demand for those opportunities. Quote, there are some people who are honestly, right now at least, with the stimulus package. Preferring to stay at home. Robertson is the head of the Detroit-based Focus. Hope said in an interview, I think that uh, will shift when some of the money begins to run out more. Okay. And uh, you know, she spoke on the eve of Friday's U.S. monthly uh, unemployment report, which uh, showed a shockingly low gain in payrolls for April, two hundred and sixty-six thousand versus the one million that they expected. I don't think you could expect one million jobs when Joe Biden is in office, you know, unless it's quite by accident. Because uh, honestly, everything that Mister Biden, President Biden, is doing is completely wrong. And if you're an economist who agrees with the Biden policy, you need to get your money back for your degree. All right. You really need to get your money back for your degree because you don't know what the heck you're talking about. And listen, I'm not an economist, but I have a thing called common sense and life experience. It's weird. It really it's actually better than a college degree. It's really better than a college degree. It is a combination of life experience looking at years and years when administrations succeed and when they fail. And right now we are looking at massive failure. Here is the president of the United States saying that uh, just he's not seeing that people are staying home because they're making more on unemployment. He's just not seeing it, and then he gets all confusing which happens a lot for him.
4: I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday, since Friday's report, that people are being paid to stay home rather than go to work. Well, we don't see much evidence of that.
3: Hey, uh, Emperor, you're naked.
4: That is a major factor. We we don't see that that look.
3: This is where it gets all confusing.
4: It's easy to say the, the line has been because of the generous unemployment benefits. That because it's true. and It's a major factor in labor shortages.
3: Okay, so it is absolutely true. There's no denying it. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of examples of it. If I was on the radio right now, I could open up the phone lines and fill them up with people who were saying, Hey, man, I'm not going back to work. I'm making plenty of money. I'm making, on average, uh, uh, unemployment thirty-two grand a year approximately. Uh, in most states, like 16 bucks an hour is what you can make on unemployment versus minimum wage, which nobody makes unless you're a high school student. And even then, you don't even need to make that anymore. I was talking to my daughter yesterday. She is 16 years old. She's going to have a job for the very first time this summer. And I said to her, you can pick and choose where you want to work. Really? Yeah, honey. My son, Will, came home and worked at Target over the Christmas holiday, made $15 an hour and got a $400 bonus at the end of his one-month employment. All right, so you could pick and choose. If you get to work on time and you do your job and you don't complain and you go home, you can pick and choose what you want to make. Nobody needs to make seven twenty-five dollars an hour unless you choose to make seven twenty-five dollars an hour. There is no reason for it. And there's no reason for a federal minimum wage to be $15 an hour. That said, when you pay people more to stay at home, they're going to stay at home. All right? So, um, $32,000 a year before COVID could now earn more <clears throat> by staying at home. Experts say people making $32,000 pre COVID could make more from government benefits. Here is uh, the governor of South Carolina, Henry McAllister. They have decided to not take federal unemployment benefits because they want people to go to work.
5: Well, they're growing more, more and more. I think there are four of us now, all Republicans. <coughs> Oh Tucker, this is about as close to socialism as anything I've seen. The federal government's just taking over.
3: He's talking about Republican governors saying no to federal uh, benefits, extra benefits for unemployment, and how they're they're refusing it because they want people to go to work.
5: Just throwing money at people. I don't know how we're going to spend all of this. That's why we we just we can't can't. This uh, cannot be done. But we're. We're not gonna take that unemployment money to pay people for not working. We got help wanted signs up everywhere. We get calls and letters and texts from people uh, from all sorts of businesses all across the state. They're looking for people to work. And the people just won't come to work because they're getting as much money or, or more. Joe
3: Biden isn't seeing this, sir.
5: some cases, by staying home, it's a counterproductive policy.
3: And Joe Biden is like the trombone player going one direction while the marching band is going the other. And he's the trombone player saying, hey, you guys are going the wrong way. I'm afraid what the Biden
5: administration is doing is, is they are telling everybody that the virus is still rampant and we're in, still in great danger. So everybody's got to stay home. Well, that's just not true.
3: Do you know why they're doing that? Because, like uh, Anthony Fauci said, we won't be uh, better until maybe Mother's Day next year. It's because they want to get us through the middle of the election year before suddenly uh, the coronavirus is cured and uh, Joe Biden gets credit for it. And the economy really comes to life next year.
5: Well, we, I mean, we're wide open in South Carolina. We, uh, we never did shut down and we have a very low unemployment rate. But uh, we got we got people that are, are businesses that are looking for people actively every day and can't find them because they at home drawing this pay. And now he
3: was on the uh, Tucker Carlson show last night. There are McDonald's restaurants that are paying fifty dollars for people to just show up for an interview. There are McDonald's that are paying five hundred dollar bonus to start working there. Ben Sass, who's an idiot from Nebraska, he's saying, why don't we take the federal unemployment money and give that to people for taking a job? Give them a bonus for taking a job. Well, that's none of the damn government's business. If a business wants to provide a bonus to hire people, they should. But we are not in the, in the way. I am not in the, in the business of paying people a bonus to work at a company. That's BS. Get rid of the unemployment benefits. Quit adding a middleman to this nonsense. And just say, get your... Rear-end to work. There you go. That is the American way, but it is not the socialistic way. Here's CNN gingerly stepping around the reality that people don't want to go back to work because they're making more money on unemployment.
6: It's a different world, working 9 to 5 as opposed to 5 to 2. Restaurants in Miami have been at 100% indoor capacity since October of last year, but Carlos Gazitua says he doesn't have enough staff to open his dining
3: room. Because nobody wants to come to work at a restaurant where they can make more money sitting on their butts. Um,
1: Florida is a bellwether state.
3: Uh, we are Now, Ron DeSantis is saying, you've got to start looking or you're going to lose your bennies.
1: We've been open a lot longer than many states. He's a Republican. In the United States, so this is a uh, coming to the theater near you
6: and he says it's only getting worse. He can't fill more than 30% of his positions, even after raising wages. He says the $300 weekly expanded unemployment benefit is stopping people from- Well, no
1: kidding!
6: Coming back to work. Ding,
1: ding, ding, ding! People should keep the unemployment benefits
3: if they go to work now and they commit to- work. No, they should not get unemployment benefits if they're employed. Get rid of the benefits. ...to the end of the year.
6: The expanded unemployment benefits don't expire until early September.
7: We're supposed to go hire people to retain them, but at the same time you're paying (laughs) unemployment. Joe Biden doesn't
3: see it. Joe Biden doesn't see it. (laughs) We got these expanded unemployment benefits going until September. Joe Biden doesn't see it. (laughs) I mean, really, honestly, let's just go ahead and say it. Uh, I know he's clueless, but he's lying. Okay, he is Lying and people are suffering, and restaurants who've already had their teeth kicked in by local and, uh, and state governments are getting their teeth kicked in by the federal government now. Isn't it just a wonderful place to be right now in Joe Biden's America? Yeah. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here is a Joe Biden, and listen, listen, to this. he's saying, Oh, we, we want to make you go back to work to get your money, but then all the qualifiers. Check this out. Well, look, fifth thing
4: we're going to do. We're going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take
3: the job or lose their unemployment. Now, he just said that that's not happening. He just contradicted himself. And, of course, by calling it a suitable job, he is leaving it open to all sorts of things. And and AOC could say, well, that suitable job is going to be $30 an hour.
4: There are a few COVID-19 related exceptions. Oh, there we go. And uh, there's the teachers' unions. So the people aren't forced to choose between their basic safety and a paycheck. But otherwise... You see, all that's over, but he's going ahead and qualifying. What he's not doing, he's not not threatening anybody here. That's the law. I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday, since Friday's report, that people are being paid to stay home rather than go to work. Well, we don't see much evidence of that.
3: Well, you just actually disproved that entire thing by saying that... You are telling people to go back to work. (laughs) It's just unbelievable. Greg Kelly on Newsmax had Corey Lewandowski on to talk about uh, how people are being paid more, once again, paid more to sit on their butts than go to work.
8: Corey, it does seem like uh, (laughs) President Biden seems to be totally and completely out of it when he's not being actively deceptive. Well, Joe Biden is once again wrong. Look, what we're seeing in the states... Is that every time
1: they turn down these elevated benefits that the federal government is giving them, their unemployment numbers are cut in half. People are sitting on the sidelines because they're getting paid more money to stay home than they would be if they went to work every day. Look, there was a time. Could Joe Biden actually be demented and lying? I'm thinking so. American people needed some support, and they got that support. But now with the pandemic under control because of Operation Warp Speed that Donald Trump put in place, it's time to put people back to work, and these states should start turning down these elevated benefits and let the workforce take place again so restaurants and other small businesses can survive.
3: Unbelievable. And all of this is completely preventable. And the and the crisis on the border could be turned around in two seconds. If the 94 executive orders are getting rid of Donald Trump's policies, which had stemmed the tide of illegal immigration by 85%, all of it could be turned around tomorrow. But these fools, and they're not really fools. They know exactly what they're doing. I would call them fools. Look what you're doing. But they want to see America burn. That's it. They want to see America burn. They want to see us get through the next year to make things better. One more year of suffering until the midterms with Joe Biden can take credit for everything turning around. It honestly, it would take the wave of your hand to make a million jobs, to, to make it worthwhile for businesses to hire and, and employees to go back to work. It would take the wave of a pen, and you could have a million people hired next month. It's that simple. I could do it. I could be the friggin' president. I could be the president. Well, maybe not. It would, that's kind of a terrifying thought. I didn't need to scare you people. You know. Yeah. You, women and children and all that. I, I'm, I'm no, I won't be the president. Don't worry. You can sleep well tonight. Rob Carson will never be the president. Just breathe. Just breathe. Now, uh, we, of course, are uh, saying welcome back, Carter, because uh, chances are by the time this is all over, we're going to have gas lines around the country. We're going to have uh, hyperinflation. We're already seeing massive inflation. Lumber has gone up by 300%. Steel has gone up by 200%. Eggs, chicken, coffee, all of your staples are going through the ceiling. Gas prices have raised around, depending on where you are, <clears throat> uh, 50 to 70%. I heard my friend Chris Plant say in Washington, D.C., paid three ninety-nine a gallon for gas uh, in Washington, D.C. Not a big surprise. Welcome to Washington, D.C., but now we've got the Colonial Pipeline between Texas and New Jersey hacked Thursday. A 5,500 mile pipeline carrying nearly half of the East Coast fuel supply. It was shut down by a company or by a group of hackers, but they really actually are um, Russian, and they are endorsed by the Russian government. Darkside is made up of veteran cyber criminals, but insists it is not political. Like many others, however, Darkside seems to spare Russia kazakh and ukrainian speaking companies which does suggest a link to russia this is russia hacking that really happened yeah yeah this outfit is given a free reign by the kremlin to target western companies that's what it's all about and I do believe that Hunter Biden got 80000 or so of dollars a month from a Ukrainian gas company. And Joe Biden uh, insisted that if Ukraine wanted a billion dollars in loan guarantees, they uh, fire the uh, prosecutor that was looking into that company, which is called Burisma. If he did not, they fire him and he was fired before Joe Biden left the Ukraine while he was the vice president. Nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing to see here. And also, Hunter uh, <laughs> Biden still has 10% uh, stake in, a, in an oil and gas company in uh, in China and also is ahead of a $1.5 billion hedge fund in China. Again, nothing to see here. Just move along, even though we're being attacked by Russian interests and Chinese interests and all that stuff. Nothing to see. Newt Gingrich said that uh, the Joe Biden should be authorized to order the killings of anybody overseas who was found to be behind attacks on American infrastructure, describing the cyber attack. Of the Colonial Pipeline is an act of war. Gas shortages have been uh, starting to pop up all over the East Coast. On the national security part, this is Gingrich. We ought to pass the law immediately that makes this kind of hacking subject to death penalty. And the law should include a provision that the president, through a judicial process, should be able to order the killings of anybody overseas who is doing this. It is an act of war against the United States to do stuff like this. I have a special guest on the phone right now, Patrick Craven is the uh, head of the Center for Cyber Safety and Education. It is a nonprofit that is devoted to stopping uh, cyber invasions, uh, also ransom incidents like this. And he joins me right now. Do we know... Officially, who, is, who has done this to the, the pipeline on the East Coast? Well,
9: that's all still up for grabs as to uh, all the real details. As we know, we can all jump to quick conclusions. But what we do know uh, is this is one of probably many that have has happened or will happen. Um, just a couple of months ago in Florida, there was a hack into the water system uh, in a town in the outskirts of uh, the Tampa area, Oldsmar. Or somebody got in and began adjusting the chemicals that went into the water. Unfortunately, an alert employee noticed uh, right away that something was up and was able to take action against uh, to to correct it. And so these are the kinds of things that these, you know, the the big thing with this, Rob, is that uh, it makes a big statement. Um, You know, if a a company gets hacked, uh, or even the government gets hacked. Me as a consumer, as an individual, as a citizen. Yeah, that's that's a shame, but it, I don't see the direct impact. Mm-hmm. This hack is going to have a direct impact on all of us on the East Coast. That gets people's attention.
3: Yeah, I saw. According to now, the UK Daily Mail is uh, to me. I I, I love the uh, the site, and you know sometimes it's a little it's a little uh, tabloidy, but they they seem to have the inside scoop on a lot of things. They said according to the FBI, dark Side, a Russian hacking outfit made of ransomware veterans is behind the attack and this apparently is a coordinated attack and it is a a ransom attack it is uh, going after a pipeline and uh, wanting to uh, get money from the companies that uh, are involved here that's what they are saying are you finding that these sort of attacks these ransom attacks are happening uh, more often
9: yes absolutely and and The whole term of ransomware, you know, when growing up, uh, somebody might have been kidnapped and held for a ransom uh, as an individual. But now it's our computers are, are being hacked and held for ransom where you can't get in. And this is at all of it's at the government level. It's at the corporate level. Uh, it's on your home computer. There's a massive increase in the number of ransomware attacks to our home computer systems. And and that's why we spend a lot of time trying to teach people on what they should be doing to make sure this doesn't happen to their home computer. Now, they're not going to go after, you know, tens of thousands or millions for your uh, home computer, might be 300 bucks 500 bucks but you get enough people to do that then you're going to do it you know somebody somebody hacks into mine and they want ten thousand dollars to to get my stuff back i'm like have fun you know enjoy (laughs) enjoy my photos uh 300 bucks 500 bucks the average person's gonna go well i'll pay that just to to get access to all my files and photos so you got to remember, these are these are like business people. This
3: is what they do for a living. They're I, very good at it. I saw that the average ransoms average about six point five million dollars, and le- and the attacks lead to uh, about five days of downtime for businesses. Um, and this appears to be an attack on a business. I wonder also since it is russian related if it does also an attempt to upset the uh, the American economy and I wonder if possibly there are government entities involved in this uh, certainly governments uh, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of governments around the world that are attempting to hack into our our government our power grid, and all of these things as well right
9: absolutely and and part of it is you have to think about the difference in cultures where yes uh, there are the government hackers out there the, the state-sponsored as it's often called um but we don't think about that because of our values and our ethics and things like that that we have here that they would actually be taking on those kinds of things and, and disrupt the again as you said disrupt the economy could be a motive of it could be just to cause chaos uh and again they're getting people's attention because this one hits home now you're, you're affecting me not some company that's you know some big corporate office somewhere in new york or california or whatever um you're you're affecting me now i uh, i pay attention
3: now patrick cavern you you live on the east coast i lived in washington dc for a dozen years i live in the uh, in the midwest now what is the the uh, buzz on the east coast with regard to this attack and uh, and panic with the uh, uh, vacation season just around the corner
9: well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in Florida, so vacation season is a big thing down yeah, yeah. Where we count on we count on tourists, and I, I don't know that I've seen much yet because I don't think it's all soaked in. It's all still fresh. It's still happening. But as we see prices, if they begin to spike yeah. big and fast, then we'll definitely see people. Right, I, I got gas yesterday, and it still wasn't crazy. So it hasn't uh, it hasn't gone. To that level yet, but once it does, if it does, and once it does, then then they've got everybody's attention.
3: Well, certainly the summer season always uh, sees an increase in the price of gas. Um, I know a few years ago when Barack Obama was in office, it, it went through the ceiling. Uh, for a number of reasons, and if you combine the two, a cyber attack and the the uh, the you know the seasonal adjustment as far as price is concerned, this could be pretty ugly. What would you recommend, say for instance, uh, as far as cyber attacks are concerned, what would you recommend for small businesses or individuals uh, with regard to protecting yourself?
9: Yeah, well, and what's interesting is that say, studies showed about 90% of these kinds of hacks actually happen because of human error where we have let them in. It's, you know, the IT guys and security guys are building all these programs to protect your company or your business's um, data, uh, and then we let them in by opening up an attachment or uh, you know, an email, clicking on a site that we shouldn't. So uh, the big thing that people have to be doing is just think before you click. Yeah. Is to look at what you're really opening. Do I really need to open that? And if you're with a bigger company, uh, the, the hot thing right now is all those fake emails that they're sending you, you know, the HR department or the IT yeah. department is sending uh, to, it feels like to embarrass you. What they're trying to do is to get you to think. Uh, before you click and, and don't open up those. And, and we're even more susceptible because of us all working from home. Yeah, And, and now we're not behind the walls uh, of the company, which is often more secure. We're now using home Wi-Fi. We're using our own routers, things like that, which makes us all that much more vulnerable. And we need to be, even be looking more and watching more about what we're doing out there.
3: Patrick, I, th- I appreciate your time. Where can people find the uh, the Center for Cyber Safety and Education? Why don't you tell us a little about it and tell us where we can find you.
9: Sure. Uh, we are a nonprofit, 501C3, that uh, works on teaching people how to be safe online. You can find
3: us at IamCyberSafe.org. Oh, that's nice. All right. Thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate it, my friend. Have a great day, Rob. You too. Bye. All right. There we go. That's uh, Patrick Craven talking about uh, what's going on. Again, welcome back, Carter. <laughs> You want to hear how else we're becoming like the uh, Carter administration? U.S. warships are once again firing shots at 13 Iranian attack boats. They weren't doing that when Donald Trump was a president. You know why? Because Donald Trump was a president. Donald Trump was uh, of sound mind and also was a hawk with regard to defense and the military. They didn't do that. Yeah, didn't do that. Oh, and there are uh, Palestinians firing um, missiles into Israel. At least 24 Palestinians, including nine children, were killed mostly by airstrikes in response to Hamas-fired rockets at Israel. That left hundreds wounded. Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu warned Monday that fighting could continue for some time. Do you know why this is happening? Because Israel does not have a friend in Joe Biden. Does not have a friend in Joe Biden. In fact, I would venture to say an enemy in Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, and it's been that way forever. It has been that way forever, and Democrats, particularly Jewish Democrats, never get it. The strike into uh, in the Palestinian territories came after Hamas issued an ultimatum to Israel to withdraw security forces from Jerusalem's al Blah Mosque and Muslim areas of the old city where clashes took place with Palestinians on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Tensions have been severing since the start of Ramadan last month, but exploded into violence on Friday and have been going since with more than 700 Palestinians injured on Monday. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. As I mentioned, Iran is starting to play games with us again. They're starting to send their little, uh, little speedboats, their little attack boats towards U.S. warships. Coast Guard cutter fired warning shots from a 50 cal before the Iranian v- vessels left. 13 Iranian vessels, actually. They were uh, maneuvering at high speed towards six Navy ships, escorting the USS Georgia. It's a submarine, by the way. Here is, uh, let's see here. We've got uh, on American Agenda on Newsmax, Jonathan Gilliam is a former uh, Navy SEAL talking about uh, what's going on in Iran. Also, uh, what's going on with Iran and Israel, which is starting to flame up again. Again, welcome back, Carter.
10: Relationship of Israel with... The middle east and how likely it is that it's not just if they can but how likely iran will strike israel and i think right now if we look at the reality of what will happen if iran did strike israel is
3: iran nuclear deal joe biden is groveling to get back in the iran nuclear deal and the biden administration will not be happy until there is a mushroom cloud above tel aviv
10: iran would their government and everything that they know would be pretty much probably eliminated uh to the extent in which they function right now so i don't think that's what iran wants iran is full of threats they've always been full of threats especially against uh against israel but i I think right now that is the secondary problem that we have uh and that is something that they're going to continuously use to pump up their their own importance and their involvement in uh and around israel in that crisis but when we look at Yemen and we look at this ship and all these weapons that were heading towards Yemen, this is something that the American people have to realize is going on. And, and when, you know, when I, I knew that I was going to talk about this today, I, I really wanted to focus on what the American people and what people in the world really need to know about what these things are that are going on in these obscure nations like Yemen and Syria – and they're called a proxy war. And
3: in absence of a strong America.
10: People really right. need to understand what proxy wars are, why they're important, and why these, uh, all these, uh, this equipment continuously is pushed into this area that, by all our accounts, has little to do with anything of importance in the Middle East.
3: Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Carter. So we've been attacked essentially by Russia. Because this, uh, this, this organization that attacked the pipeline of cybercriminals, they never go after Russian interests. Huh. That sounds like a tacit endorsement to me, which sounds like an act of war. Senator Ron Johnson is demanding answers from Anthony Fauci on why the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases... Reportedly funded potentially dangerous research at China's Wuhan Institute of Virology. This should be the biggest story in the media. Is that the man who's telling us how to live our lives and how to shut down our economy actually aided the lab where the virus was created. And don't give me this wet market crap. This is actually the report in the, uh, the Australian claim that Chinese military scientists discussed the weaponization of SARS coronavirus five years before the COVID-19 pandemic occurred, which could empower China to create weapons in a way never seen before. China's People Liberation Army commanders were predicting that World War III would be fought with biological weapons, according to documents purportedly obtained by U.S. investigators. Ron Johnson has taken aim at Anthony Fauci for being the head of the organization that funded Chinese researchers at the Wuhan lab. Here is Senator Ron Johnson talking about that.
8: First, let me say, does that shock anybody? Uh, it certainly doesn't shock no. me. When, when you see uh, what China is doing, whether it's in the militarization of the South, South China Sea Islands, uh, their malign actions are around the globe... Uh, We should have been concerned, and it does boggle your mind that uh, Anthony Fauci continued to apparently fund gain-of-function research uh, and cooperate. I mean,
3: do you you find any of this a little suspicious, that Anthony Fauci funded the Wuhan lab, then the virus was unleashed on the world— China's uh, economy was one of the only in the world to grow last year while the rest of the world suffered. That sounds like China declared war on the economies of the world, guys.
8: With the, the Wuhan lab, um, knowing he had to know full well that the Wuhan lab, just Unreal. about any organization in China, is connected to the uh, Communist Party of China as well as the, the People's Liberation Army. So what were we doing cooperating with China? I agree with Senator Paul. These are some serious questions, and we need some answers. But again, I've been trying to get answers out of federal agencies for years, and I'm not holding my breath.
3: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back. The National Institute, sorry, the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is headed by Fauci, funded scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and other institutions to perform gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses, according to Newsweek, uh, in April 2020. <laughs> this guy funded the, the, the place. And this is why the government, this government is saying that, oh, we don't know where it came from. It could be a wet market. It could have been somebody eating some bat soup. Guys... Guys, why isn't this the biggest story in the world? The man, the little Keebler elf who's telling us that we need to shut down through next year. Oh, my God. 2019, with the backing of the NIAID, the National Institutes of Health, committed $3.7 million over six years for research that included some gain-of-function work. The program followed another $3.7 five-year project for collecting and studying bat coronaviruses, which ended in 2019, bringing the total to $7 million. The Trump administration abruptly cut off funding for the project, studying how coronaviruses spread from bats to people after reports linked the work to the lab in Wuhan, China, at the center of what this article calls conspiracy theories. About the COVID pandemic's origins, that according to the Politico. Of course, it's not conspiracy theories. Dear God in heaven, it came from freaking China. It's a weaponized virus and it came from China. Wow. Fauci wrote in a uh, 2010 op-ed for the Washington Post, important information and insights can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Look at 2010. 2010 op ed for the Washington Post. Important information and insights can come from generating a possibly potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. I mean, are you stupid? If you don't see, if you don't see this, you are just blithely stupid. And we're listening to this guy. He's he's telling us. Where we can go to church, what, what mask we can wear. He wants us to take a vaccine. He wants us all to take a vaccine. He wants your kids to take a vaccine. He wants, the, he's got companies like Krispy Kreme saying, hey, we'll give you a donut if you show us the uh, the vaccine. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I just, uh, there are days, uh, I don't have words, I don't have words. I know it's hard for you to believe that I wouldn't have words. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Grant Stinchfield, great guy. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. I'm going to call him, see if he's home here. I want to, I want to touch base with him on what's going on around the country with regard to Black Lives Matter, stopping traffic and uh, and aiming guns at people, among other things. But yesterday, he actually had um, Salih Hadoyer, the uh, uh, eastern Turkestan prime minister in exile, on talking about Uyghurs in China. This is another thing that the media is not covering because we're in bed with China. And obviously it sounds like Anthony Fauci was in bed with China. And his institute was in bed with... Dear God! So while we've got... Now we've got Uyghurs uh, who who are imprisoned. They are being forcibly sterilized. And guess what else? They have concentration camps there. And they're building crematoria near them. This according to satellite imagery.
6: Um, since 2017, the Chinese government has detained over 100 of my relatives, uh, four of which have been killed uh, in the camps and prisons. Um, the camps are actually uh, concentration camps, and the U.S. Department of Defense wow. estimates that there are 3 million or more uh, Uyghurs that have been detained.
3: Sir- 3 million people detained in concentration camps. That sounds familiar, doesn't
1: it? We're looking at these- Welcome back, Hitler. Pictures of trains. I mean, uh, it brings me back to member, memories of Nazi Germany and them loading Jews onto trains. The world was outraged by that. Wow. Why is there not the outrage of what is going on with what amounts to... Because Joe Biden's in, de- in bed with China. Genocide
6: in China. Many countries across the world have close economic ties with China. We like our iPhones and our cheap shoes. And China essentially uses its economic power um, and influence. China's evil. To buy the silence of the international community.
1: Are you recognized by the international community as a leader of that area, East Turkestan, uh, Xinjiang area, or, or do they ignore you, the world as well?
6: Uh, The international community uh, has failed to recognize East Turkestan um, as an occupied country. This is something that uh, we are pushing for here in the United States. Um, And we hope to see the international community led by the United States to recognize East Turkestan. Well, they
3: won't because uh, Joe Biden is the president. Welcome back, Carter. Here is Grant talking to uh, Detroit Police Chief James Craig, who uh, he's frustrated. He's done a very good job as the police chief in Detroit, but he's very frustrated. And he's beginning to, uh, well, he's going to retire because of the anti-police sentiment that is spread across the country. This started during the Obama administration when, uh, for instance, I was talking yesterday uh, in New York City before the now sitting mayor took over. The approval rating for the police was at 70%. That has tanked, and now the police are the enemy. That is, by design, by Democrats. Here is Grant talking to Police Chief James Craig of Detroit, talking about not only uh, leaving the police, but possibly running for governor. I'll
11: tell you, it's it's more than that. You know, certainly um, we built some uh, key trust-based relationships with the people that live in Detroit. We have relationships with our activist community. But what we will not tolerate, we will not negotiate, and we will never retreat when some outside anarchists come in and try to promote violence. Detroiters don't want it. I didn't want it. Our men and women didn't want it. And Detroit did not burn. There was no looting. And of the 100 plus days of marching, peacefully mostly, there were days that these anarchists tried to incite violence They were attacking our cops with weapons. And we deployed that force that was reasonable. We deployed it effectively and we sent a message.
1: Chief, why do you think it is that cities like Portland, Seattle, heck, I just showed you an event in Plano, Texas of all places, a conservative city. Why are they letting these people have at it in the streets of their communities? Lack
11: of courage, it's that simple. So So Portland, uh, these anarchists were screaming, screaming about federal agents being in Portland to protect federal buildings. They demanded that the federal troops, as they call them, or federal agents, leave. So what did Portland did? And
3: by the way, National Democrats called those federal troops brown shirts, among others. They saved in,
11: honored their requests, know what happened the next day, more riots, and the rioting continued, and the rioting continues today. Now, over the last week, Portland mayor does what? He says, well, enough of this. Why is he saying it now? Because businesses are leaving Portland. Their tax base is diminishing.
3: Yeah, and uh, congratulations. Uh, This is what Democrat politicians do in cities, and now it's more nakedly obvious than it has been in decades. Than it has been in decades. New York is becoming the New York of the 1970s again. Unbelievable. Let's call Grant, shall we? Grant Stinchfield, see if he's home, talk a little bit about what's going on around the country with regard to uh, Black Lives Matter and the police. Hello? Grant Stinchfield, Rob Carson, how you doing, my brother?
1: Hey Rob, how you doing, buddy? Hey
3: Grant, I I saw your uh, your segment on uh, on crime in big cities on Friday's show, uh, and they are Democrat cities. Tell us a little bit about what you garnered from that, and what's going on in Democrat cities around the country.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned Dallas. Sadly, Dallas is now at a twenty year record in in the homicides. It, it it certainly is going up, and Dallas is like many of the big cities we see across the country in the fact that. Dallas was unique in that it was a conservative city 20 years ago when I got to this city. The city council was conservative. As with so many cities, it's changed. And liberal leadership has taken over the Dallas Dallas City Council. And, of course, that has infected the way this city does business. And go figure. Just like Baltimore, just like St. Louis, just like D.C., just like Chicago— we're now seeing the same increases in crime in Dallas that we are in those cities and the common theme rob as you as you point out is that they're all run by liberals yeah, um, yeah. and somehow their answer now to crime is is bail reform which means no bail at all Let all the criminals out on the streets. You tell me what kind of sense that makes. It doesn't.
3: It doesn't make any sense. Also, I might mention there were some incidences this weekend uh, and last week with Black Lives Matter stopping people in traffic with loaded weapons and being confronted. Uh, One man was beaten severely in Portland. I believe the same thing happened, something similar in Dallas. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so I profiled the, the, uh, the event in Portland. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say this. What's going on now is it looks like a scene from The Walking Dead. Not the zombies, but, you know, when, when there's no law and order anymore and people are fighting for survival on the streets, this is what's going on in Portland. You had a mob of Black Lives Matter goons stop traffic. They've got long rifles. Yeah. They're, they're demanding people get out of their trucks. Uh, this Marine, a veteran, handyman driving home uh, gets caught up in the middle of it. And I heard an interview with him. He says, look, I'm a Marine. I'm trained to go into trouble and and confront the threat head on. Now, I will say this. This guy had an opportunity to get out of there. And anyone that knows Navy SEALs will tell you Navy SEALs are the greatest at retreating of anybody else in the world. They are great retreaters from trouble. If you do not have the tactical advantage, if you do not have the upper hand, If you are outgunned and outmanned, you have to remove yourself from the situation. There is no reason to stay there and try to fight and take a mob, an angry mob, head-on. This Marine did that, and and he got tackled, and he paid the price for it. He got beat up. Um, He ended up pulling his firearm, and and I would make an argument— Folks, you really want to go down the road of pulling your firearm, potentially shooting a Black Lives Matter rioter in a city like Portland. Yeah. Guess who they will send to prison for the rest of their lives? Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Now, Grant, you and, are. And you know, Rob, what, what I found out real quick is they haven't arrested any of these Black Lives Matter. I groups. know they haven't arrested any of them.
3: I know. It's illegal to carry a long uh, rifle and to stop someone in traffic with a gun. That is a threat. He was responding to a threat. Again, I completely understand with regard to removing himself of the situation he should have. Let me ask you this, and I know you're you're pressed for time, Grant. You are an expert on uh, firearms. You are a big advocate of the Second Amendment. What would you say to people who aren't as familiar, uh, who live in cities like this, with regard to self-protection in these times?
1: So I, I would say, one, know what the law is. Because what they try to do is turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. And so though you want to protect yourself, know what the law is. Do not break the law. Do not put yourself in a position to break the law by carrying a firearm. Once you know the law, I would say get trained with a firearm. Go to a local range. Take some lessons. See if you like it. See if it's for you. Because it's not for everybody. And I don't I don't want to mandate that everybody go out there, run out, and get a gun. But if it is for you and you get some training, get your concealed handgun license. Carry on body all the time, like I do in Texas, all well, the time. I carry I, I, on body.
3: I, I agree, and uh, and I just think I think we're getting to a point, Grant, that that we're reaching a breaking point in this country, and it's becoming glaringly obvious the failures in large cities around the country. I think we're going to see a turnaround with uh, De Blasio leaving in New York, and hopefully, uh, people beginning to reject all of this, all of the bad things that are happening in the country, but particularly. Uh, The violence that's happening, it also looks like uh, there's a real good chance the Chauvin guilty verdicts will be tossed. That trial will be tossed because of uh, Black Lives Matter violence, because of uh, the settlement and all that stuff. Um, What are your thoughts real quick? One more thought on the on the Derek Chauvin and and the chicanery that went uh, with his trial, including one of the jurors who went to a Black Lives Matter march in Washington, D.C. and wore a Black Lives Matter hat.
1: Yeah, and claimed, apparently, from what I'm reading uh, on a jury questionnaire, that he didn't. Yeah. And so you you can't have a member of Black Lives Matter that says, get your knee off my neck, was his shirt that, that he had. Said he didn't have any preconceived notions about this, hadn't really heard much about the case, and yet he's wearing a shirt that says, get your knee off my neck. Yeah. Um, I think that alone and Alan Dershowitz was on Newsmax on numerous occasions saying that that alone is uh, grounds for a new trial. So, I think you'll see him get a new trial, and I do think that he was over-convicted. I think he should have paid the price in many ways, but I think he was over convicted on this one. All right,
3: Grant. I know you're busy. I know you got a great week ahead of you. Your night, your show every weeknight at eight o'clock. I love, by the way, your top five lists that you do on Friday or Thursday when you talk about the best uh, conservative actors, things like that. It just it's a real it's a real nice uh, change from some of the real hard hitting and awesome uh, news you deliver on a daily basis.
1: You know, Rob, real quick, for anybody that hasn't seen my show, and, and I know you appreciate it because you crack me up every time I watch <laughs> you on TV and listen to you on this podcast, but we try to bring a little humor yeah. into the primetime programming. No one else is really doing that, and, yeah. and there are times when we can have some fun, and we really want to do that because right now we need some smiles. There's yeah, not a lot to go around. And
3: Grant, I'm going to tell you also, one of the advantages I think the Newsmax personality has is a connection with our audience, and, and yours is profound, and it's awesome. Have a great week, brother and i'll talk to you soon okay
1: you're the best rob thank you buddy
3: i see you okay there's grant Stinchfield. let's move on to uh, rob schmidt there's a pastor in canada who has uh, become a celebrity not on the american mainstream media but it's because uh, the the uh, canadian authorities tried to raid his church shut down his church because of coronavirus violations well this was taken to a new level As he left his church on Sunday, Pastor Artur Polowski was actually arrested in traffic and hauled off to jail, thrown into jail for over 50 hours. He is from uh, uh, communist Poland. He he escaped that, and he's seeing shades of that in Canada. We're seeing it in the United States. Here is Rob Schmidt talking to him about his experience this weekend, and this is pure jackbooted thuggery.
10: You were in jail for 53 hours, which is a long time to be held, especially for something like this. Explain exactly what happened and what police have charged you with.
7: Yeah, this is a very unusual case. It's going to be a huge case because uh, it's so wrong on so many, so many levels. Um, Of course, I opened the church. I uh, kept the doors open for anyone that wishes to come in and police decided not to come in. And the church is. Um, I I, I officiated the church service, and I've heard that the police uh, didn't enter, they just dropped the package on the ground. So I continued my service. When I finished the service, it turned out that the police SWAT team, because what you see right now is SWAT team arresting me, uh, dropped a little court order. Uh, in a package uh, stating, uh, well, I don't know, because I never had a chance. It was never properly served to me. I never had, had a chance to read it. And to this day, right now, I was just released an hour ago. Uh, no one provided me with uh, with that court order. So I don't really know what I have done. I was told by the counselors." that the judge has issued a court injunction uh, to the province of Alberta saying that if I open a gathering or any form of protest, protests right now according to that injunction court order is illegal in the province of Alberta. The premier, Jason Kenney, just went on public and said that he is going to crush Pavlovskis. Uh, So I have become, with my brother, a political prisoner. Wow.
3: Unbelievable. And by the way, the police could not kick down the door of the church and go in because it's not legal for police to interrupt a church service. However, they were able to chase him down the highway, grab him on his knees, arrest him on the wet ground during a rainstorm. Here's a little bit more from the pastor, and my prayers are going for him
7: It's illegal to hold a chair service. It's illegal to pray for people. And listen to this. It's illegal to sing as well. That's punishable to the fullest of the law. So um, I was charged with...
3: And in Washington, D.C., it's illegal to dance at your own wedding reception or
7: mingle. Contempt of court order that I never had the chance to even read. You grew up under communism. Uh, Explain what this feels like to you. I
10: mean, I can understand why you're so devout about your rights. What are you feeling when, when these kinds of things happen to you?
7: Oh, it's it's horrible. It's a repetition of history. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I've seen the police abuse of power, people being arrested. You could be arrested five in the morning. Yeah. The doors could be broken for no reason. Just listening to a European radio I warrant them to torture you arrest you and throw you in jail for five years i mean insanity i've seen 81 the tanks the machine guns and overreach uh, abuse of power by the authorities and and for me freedom is very dear i escaped communists i escaped poland because i wanted to come to a country that is free and here we are again repeating the same mistakes the same history and i have to stand up and fight right. for my rights and not Uh, for doing evil, for just opening church for the people that are freely want to come and worship their God.
3: Unbelievable. Really, really, really unbelievable. And this creeping authoritarianism is uh, something you should all be really, really uh, not afraid of. Ready to fight it, actually. Yeah, I'm thinking not afraid of. I'm not afraid of it. uh, Because I'm not going to sit back and just let it happen. I'm not going to let it sit back and happen. Sebastian Gorka talked to uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb in Texas about the the border crisis, how bad it has gotten. Again, welcome back, Carter. Uh, I Actually, even worse than
8: Carter. What have you experienced since the Biden administration took over? Is it night and day? Give us some examples. Oh, absolutely. And first of all, thank you for coming
11: out, Sebastian, and taking me up on my offer. That means a lot because we want to showcase this. We want people to see it for themselves. Uh, we're dealing with just crazy numbers. I mean, I, uh, just yesterday, 49 apprehensions, 28 of ours, 21 where we assisted Border Patrol uh, walking through the desert. That is a tremendous amount of people trying to come into this country. And you cannot separate the immigration. It's not about immigration anymore. You cannot separate it from the human trafficking and the drug trafficking. The cartels are making a huge amount of money off of this, trafficking these humans in. And now we're seeing those hard drugs like methamphetamines and fentanyl not only affecting my communities, but affecting communities across this country. This is not an Arizona problem. This is an America problem. So what we see here should be of utmost importance to every American.
3: By the way, I was mistaken. He is from uh, from Arizona. I had said that he was a Texas sheriff. Not the case. Emerald Robinson is a terrific uh, White House correspondent for uh, Newsmax. And when she is able to ask questions, when she is allowed by Jen Sake to uh, ask a question, uh, mostly she's been talking about how Joe Biden doesn't appear to be the president anymore. Here she is in a confrontation with uh, Jen Psaki because uh, Psaki uh, kind of, you know, was a little ticked off at her. And, uh, and then the reaction from uh, Tom Borelli with regard to Joe Biden really not being in charge.
6: She's already taking independent one-on-one calls with key allies like Prime Minister Morrison and Justin Trudeau. So I just want to get your reaction to people who question that.
9: And the president has had dozens of conversations and calls with world leaders and should be no surprise that the vice president... She's
3: about to become Jen Snarky.
9: ...is also playing an important role.
6: It's more so than other vice presidents have.
9: How so? I'd love to see the data. If you want to give me, present that to us. I you
6: with that sometimes and would sure. to get your reaction would on would
9: welcome it.
8: Valid question, Tom, though. The vice president is playing a, a, a bigger role than you would see in, in some past administrations.
4: Yeah, Sean, it really does beg the question who's really in charge, who's really running the country. And I'm I'm really thankful that Emerald's out there asking those tough questions. And if Saki can't answer them, you have to really wonder why they're even having these press conferences. If they're not gonna be delivering important information that the American people want to know, the American people have a right to know as well. They shouldn't be doing these press conferences on a daily basis. Wait till they have something to say. Right now, I think Emerald is doing an amazing job. Too bad other reporters aren't stepping up to the plate like she is. Yeah, yep,
3: she is doing a great job. Emerald Robinson is doing a great job. All right, let's move on. A couple more things before I go. And I think we've had a pretty darn good show so far, haven't we? Yeah, make sure to download the Newsmax app on your cellular cellular mm telephone. Try it again. Cellular telephonic (laughs) device, dear Lord. And then, of course, you can go to Newsmaxtv.com for the listings of all your favorite shows, including mine, which is Rob Carson's What in the World? And then, of course, Newsmaxtv.com slash podcasts for this podcast and all of the platforms it's on. Greg Kelly talked to David Bossie about why Liz Cheney should not only be booted, and she's going to get booted. She's going to get voted out of her leadership position this year, but she should actually, this week I should say, but she should actually just resign for the better of the country and the party.
8: How important is it to get her out of any leadership position? Well, first of all, Greg, if I could, just for one second, Joe
0: Biden's squandering the recovery that Donald Trump left him. And on the economy is the most important thing For the American people, we need to reopen our economy. We need to reopen our schools. We need to reopen America. And that's the most important thing. And Joe Biden is blowing it at every turn. As far as Liz Cheney is concerned. Welcome back, Carter. I have supported Liz Cheney in the past. I think she's a tremendous conservative and has been a, a, a very good leader in the past. But what she is doing right now over the last six months is nothing more than a distraction. And when people become a distraction, they need to move on. I called for her to resign instead of forcing this vote. It is, it is detrimental to the Republican conference to, to have this vote. She knows she's going to lose and she should just resign between now and Wednesday instead of forcing her colleagues in the House. To have a vote to, to, to throw
3: her out. Bye-bye, Liz. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And by the way, Grant Stinchfield made a great comment about this. He said the Republican Party might be in shambles in Washington, D.C., but the people who are Republican in the country are united, and they are united by the principles that Donald Trump brought to office. And it's not about Donald Trump. It's about the principles. A lot of people were on the fence about Donald Trump when he became the president. I was one of them. But he did something we've not seen happen in decades in this country, and it is what he said he was going to do. And he was guided by constitutional principles. That's why it worked. That's why it worked. One more story before we go. Amazon is rolling out Pay by Palm. Pay by Palm in New York City. This allows you to simply wave your hand and pay for everything. Here's a little bit of a, uh, this is actually a video, but uh, you think you'll understand it. With regard to Pay by Palm, now available from Amazon.
2: This is Zoe. Just like you, she uses lots of different cards and IDs to get through her day. What if all Zoe needed was herself? Introducing Amazon One, a free service that lets you use your palm to quickly pay for things, gain access, earn rewards, and more. Let's say you're grabbing your favorite coffee beverage or heading into the office or checking out. Just hover your palm and you're on your way. It's as easy as that. Sign up is free and takes less than a minute. All you need is a credit card, your phone number, and your palm. That's it. Since your palm is unique and can't be lost or misplaced, you can get things done quickly and securely.
3: Yes, but your hand can get cut off. I'll just mention that real quick. It can be cut off by a criminal and just waved everywhere.
2: And with more experiences on the web...
3: I don't want to be morbid, but I mean, really?
2: Amazon One will help you get even more done simply by being you. Now, Zoe has more time to do what she loves. Indoor skydiving. Enter, identify, and pay with Amazon One.
3: Okay, so pay by palm is what they are saying. I think I've actually I think I've actually seen the wave of the hand actually getting you a pass before.
4: Let me see your identification.
5: You don't need to see his identification.
3: We don't need to see
5: his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the
3: droids. Just wave your palm.
5: We're looking for. He can go about his business. You can go
1: about your business. Move along.
3: <laughs> Move
1: along. Move along.
3: All right, man. We li- you live in the strange times, don't we? Strange and incredible times, and uh, it is uh, remarkable. Before I go, I want to mention something. I have a friend who's having a birthday today. His name is Paul Chappa. He has an organization that is called Friends in Service of Heroes. They give um, service animals to disabled veterans. They also do motorized wheelchairs. And they change people's lives. They're an amazing organization. They are based out of the Kansas City area. And they are uh, becoming national. And the organization is Friends in Service of Heroes, also known as FISH. And this weekend in Gardner, Kansas, at the New Century Air Center, they are having one of the biggest armed forces days in the country if you are in the, uh, the four-state, five-state area around Kansas City, you might consider coming in for this. It is going to be amazing. Military aircraft and vehicles are going to be on display. Service dog presentation to a veteran. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got some uh, uh, guest speakers. It's going to be amazing. And if you want to go, just go to friendsinserviceofheroes.org. friendsandserviceofheroes.org. friendsandserviceofheroes.org. That's the name of this very worthy organization. You're going to hear more about them. Uh, they are terrific. And as these wonderful, as these wonderful Veterans Day, Armed Forces Day celebrations begin to wane, realize that this one is going on in Gardner, Kansas, which is south of Kansas City, this weekend. Friends in Service of All right, it's time for me to go. I will ask you once again if you would please to say a prayer for my mother. She is. Um, not doing well. She's in a hospital and soon-to-be hospice. Just say a prayer for Bonnie in Sioux Falls, and I would uh, greatly appreciate it. More than you will ever know. And if you want to write me on my Facebook or my Gab or my MeWe page and send a note to my mom there, message me. That would be great. I think she would appreciate them. Just look up Rob Carson or Rob Carson Show. It's all over the place. In the meantime, again, download the, uh, the Newsmax app on your phone and then also NewsmaxTV.com. For listings for all your favorite awesome shows, including Grant Stinsfield Show and mine. Thank you very much. And then, of course, uh, you can go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts to get to know where you can find this show. All right? Guys, have a glorious day. God bless our uh, police. God bless you. God bless our country. I will see you tomorrow. You'll hear me. Until then, bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.